welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode 115, Where Should I Hunt? And I am your host and the guy who, as much as it pains me to admit it, is not an expert trapper. So, one of my presents for Christmas... And if you follow me on Twitter, you already know this. One of my presents for Christmas is that I received two Duke's dog-proof raccoon traps. And they actually came a couple of days after Christmas. So I was very excited about getting them. And I went outside in the backyard and I set both traps because I have several acres of woods behind my house and there are deer back there there are coons there are possums there's all sorts of critters back there so I was going to catch one of the coons or one of the possums that gets in my trash can at various times throughout the summer in my backyard well I set the traps baited them and I had them wired to two saplings When I got up the next morning, I went outside to check the traps, and they were both gone. The wires where the traps were wired to the tree were gone. All of the leaves in a perfect circle around the trunk of the saplings were gone. So somewhere in the woods behind my house, there's either one raccoon (laughs) with a Duke's dog-proof coon trap on both front legs, Or there are two coons running around in the woods behind my house with a Duke's dog-proof coon trap on one leg each. So I am dog-proof coon trapless once again, but I have ordered four more. And yes, I will set them up in the backyard. If I happen to catch a raccoon that has a dog-proof trap still stuck on his leg, then that's great. (laughs) If not... And I can get rid of one or two of the problem raccoons in the neighborhood, then mission accomplished. And it'll give me a little bit more experience when I go to set the traps in my turkey hunting woods so I can get rid of some nest predators. Okay, so today we are 69 days, 15 hours, 37 minutes, and 20 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. That opening day is quickly approaching, 
And even though I do this countdown on every show, and I always have that March 15th date in my head, I almost let an important time slip past me. So a couple of days ago, I was talking to my hunting buddy, Brian, who you heard on the show a couple of times, and he asked if I'd booked my room for the NWTF convention and sports show in Nashville. Well, last year, I let the room block fill up before I booked my room. And I decided then that I was not going to let that happen in 2017. So thanks to Brian, my rooms are booked and we are ready to go to Nashville. So I'm telling you this for a couple of reasons. First, if you plan on attending the convention and sports show for more than one day, and trust me, there's enough to do at the show to keep you busy for more than one day, then it sure is easy just to stay at the Opryland Resort, even though it may be a little bit more expensive. 40 or $50 per night, more than most other hotels in the area. But not dealing with the traffic leaving the Opryland Saturday afternoon is worth the extra money alone. Now, I'm not advertising for the Opryland Resort, but I am telling you that you'll need to book your room very soon. And you can book the room by going to the nwtf.org website, clicking on the convention tab at the top of the page, and clicking the book a room button on that page. Now the second reason that I'm telling you about having my room booked is because if you do plan on being in Nashville for the convention and sports show, then I would love to meet you. Shake your hand and thank you in person for listening to the show. And if we both have time, maybe I can buy you a cold or a warm drink and we can swap a turkey hunting story. So speaking of the NWTF, I'll have another NWTF convention and sports show preview episode coming very soon. So keep your eyes and ears open for that one. We'll be talking with Pete Muller about all the cool things that they'll have going on at this year's show. Okay, so I have kind of a hodgepodge of turkey talk for you guys today. So hang on because I'm going to be going from subject to subject and topic to topic. I'm going from talking about the NWTF convention and sports show to talking about planning of my annual hunting trip to planning for this show. So I've covered the NWTF convention as much as I'm going to today since we're going to have an entire show on that coming up pretty soon. And now I want to talk about my upcoming turkey hunting trip. And I want to talk about the planning that I'm doing for that trip with you guys as well. Now, as you may or may not know, my annual out-of-state trip this year is going to be to Arizona and Utah. And I've pretty well nailed down the details of the Arizona portion of that trip. The tags and licenses have been secured, rooms have been booked, and we know about where we'll be hunting. We also know some of those places are going to be extremely hard, if not dang near impossible, to get to due to road closures because of snow. So we know that we need many options for hunting spots. And we know we're going to do a great deal of online scouting that will be followed up with some phone calls to biologists a few days before we get there, and possibly even after we arrive. We're going to be pursuing a moving target in both Arizona and Utah, and that is part of the challenge. The reason it's a moving target, obviously, is because it's a turkey, but especially because it's a Merriam's turkey, and that time of year they travel a good bit, and they tend to follow the snow line. So as the warmer weather gets there and starts to melt the snow, the turkeys are going to retreat with that snow line up the mountains. So with that said, I still feel like we have a good grasp on Arizona at this point, and we've got to focus more on Utah 
So I've been on the phone with some folks in the southern Utah area this week asking questions and looking for help and looking for answers. And today I want to share a call that I had with wildlife biologist Josh Pollock, who I was pointed to by the receptionist at the Game and Fish Department. When I was researching Utah, I couldn't find any harvest numbers, population counts, or anything else to tell me how the turkey population in southern Utah is doing. From several different resources, I know that there are turkeys there, but just how many, I'm not sure of. So, because I couldn't find the answers to my questions online, I knew I had to pick up the phone and try to find the person who has the answers to my questions. Now, lucky for me, it didn't take long to find Josh, thanks to the awesome receptionist at the Game of Fish Department. And of course, I recorded the call because it's what I do. I'd much rather record the call than sit down and take notes of everything that we talk about in the call and have to go over all that with my hunting partners. So I can record the call, send it to them, they can listen to it. Now we're all on the same page instead of worrying about my interpretation of what was said or my terrible note-taking and making mistakes. While I was on the call with Josh, I got a ton of great information from him. And after I realized that I was getting all of that great information from him, I decided to ask him if he minded if I played the recording of this call for you guys so you can hear some of the questions that I had for him so that when you decide to make those calls to a wildlife biologist in a different state or even your own state, you would have kind of a basis to go off of. Now, when I was talking to Josh, I offered to edit out the specific areas that he gave me because of a need to keep hunting pressure lower in any one specific area. Josh agreed to let me share the call with you guys, so here we go. Here's Josh Pollock, the wildlife biologist with the Utah Department of Natural Resources, and I look forward to seeing you guys on the other side. Josh. Hey, Josh. My name is Andy Galliano. I'm calling from Birmingham, Alabama. How are you doing today? Yes. Doing all right. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Hey, I'm going to ask you in a second if I caught you in a bad time, but I want to talk to you about turkeys. Uh, Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, good. So... My buddies and I are on a mission for to complete a super slam and kill a turkey in every state. And this year we're headed to Arizona, and we've got Utah on the list as well. And uh-huh. we're starting out in Arizona, and we're going to be in the northern part of the state on the north rim there, you know, kind of in that Jacob Lake and Fredonia area. And uh-huh. we're looking at going a little bit north once we finish up there, assuming we have time and pursuing some turkeys in southern Utah and wanted to kind of, I guess, first of all, determine, you know, what the population in southern Utah is like, but also, you know, we're looking at hunting public land. So either the Bryce Canyon area or Zion National Park. And when I called the state office, they gave me your number and said you were the biologist over Bryce Canyon and that you might be a, a good place for me to start. Yeah. Um, are you guys just looking at coming and buying the general season permit? Correct. Or are yes. you going to, are you going to try, okay. Yeah. No, um, we, we, it is a little bit tougher just because it's after already our limited entry draw season, but it's still, still very killable. I mean, there's a lot of little birds that'll, that'll be still be out strutting and stuff by that time. It's actually not a bad time because a lot of the hens are already on the nest. So some of those toms are out strutting trying to find maybe a hen. Hens doesn't have a nest yet, you know. So right. it's still, it's still plenty of good time to go, to go hunt and you might run into a few more people. But honestly, Turkey hunting, I mean, it's big, but it's not like it's not like our deer seasons or anything like that, you know. Not everybody does it, so uh, you, you still have have some pretty good luck, pretty good success. 
I would say out of out of the area around that Bright Canyon area is probably some of our highest concentration. Of this is probably the closest to Fredonia in that way. Okay. And the other the other place that you may want to look into is it's a little tough because it's private, but on that Zion unit, just east of Zion National Park, there's a place called the North Fork, uh-huh. um, and it runs up from there, basically goes from about uh, 5,500 feet to stay on, and it'll go all the way up to Highway 143, which probably, you're probably about 9,000 feet at that time. So wow. depends on what our snow is doing and where that snow line is. A lot of times those, those mountain birds like that, they're down in the valleys, and, <clears throat> and they're down right off Highway 89 to outside of Zion right now, also, and then they'll follow that snow line and go back up the hill. And so just depending on where they're at on that, kind of little path that they're taking. You can pick them up anywhere through there. But those are probably some of our highest, highest numbers of turkeys down around there. That would be really good. So. Okay. All right. Yeah, we were, we were looking at coming in there. It's going to be around May, something like that. I can't remember when your season goes out, but, you know, we were going to. Yeah, it would be good. I You know, the other thing would be there is some private properties that would be good to, to hunt on and I don't know. I don't know if these guys are letting people hunt turkeys or not, but a lot of our birds are, like I so said, they move out of the valley, so they're up on the public, so there should be plenty of birds in that, uh, in that, uh, on the, on the public land and, and stuff. If you're to hunt up by Bryce, there's a highway, well, dirt road, I guess, on the, uh, the west side of, before you get, there's a road right there that goes out and it heads towards, and if you were to hunt along the east side of, all the way from about the, as far as you can to south, so you'll run into snow, and sometimes there's a gate before service will have closed because of road conditions. But by May, they're usually open up pretty good, but there's usually a lot of birds on that side, on the, between the, yeah, that's where I would focus if I went up that way. Okay, so near? Yeah. Okay, all right. And, you know, in, in looking at this, you have to remember I'm a flat-footed southern boy. Yeah. So I, I'm going to be in for a little bit of a shock when I get there and start, you yeah, know, you to bet. start it. Uh, it, to, to even start at 5,000 feet and hunt up to 6,000 feet is going to be a, my body's going to ask me what in the world I'm doing. But yeah. it, it looks like Bryce Canyon is, is a little bit more mountainous than Zion. Is that the case? I'm sorry, than Dixie National. Um, yeah, you know, the thing about it, just out between, like, west of, along the park boundary, there's flat hops up on top of there. And those birds will be at kind of Ponderosa forest up on top of there. Okay. And those birds, birds really like that. And then there's kind of these canyons that run down off in to the main road that's in the bottom that takes to this. And a lot of, I don't know, I had an elk tag in there this year, an archery elk tag. And if you were to stay along the top, not bad, or to stay in the bottom, which birds like the top, and then they kind of like that bottom because there's some good riparian and there's a, um, you know, lots of other stuff down there along that creek that runs all the way through there. And they, so they like it down in the bottom and they like it on top. So if you were to hunt one or the other, I think you'd be okay. It would be a lot of pretty flat walking, I would consider, um, for what we have around here. Oh, well, that wouldn't be too bad. Uh, Zion, they're going to be about the same. There's a lot of flat, there's like a lot of flat stuff too. So being, a, you know, that elevation, you shouldn't happen to be hiking a lot of hills and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and not that I'm so against it, so don't get me wrong there. You know, I, yeah. Oh, I, I know. I, we have to work for it, but you know, that, and that adds to the experience. But I was just kind of looking at just the the map, and it looked like Bryce is a little bit more. You know, the terrain's a little bit more rough than Dixie National, but there again, it looks like Zion is more rough than Bryce. Yeah, it's it's kind of I don't know. It's just kind of hit or miss, and kind of where you're at with that. There's a lot more oak and stuff over there um, around that part of Zion where you're hunting over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know birds they kind of like that oak oak stuff in there, and so handle that around it, face it stuff. And it's smaller oak. You know, it's probably not more like you guys built back there. It's a yeah, lot right. smaller. We don't. 
I don't know. I mean, it may be five inch diameter and it gets 20 feet tall. It's more of a bush than a tree or anything like that. So um, it can get pretty thick to maneuver around in and get, but they like it in that country over there. There's a lot of them. Well, I think you should have plenty, you know, no problem finding birds on public land. Okay. Um, if you were to come hunt those two places. If you had three days to turkey hunt in Utah and we're going to hunt public land, where where would you go there in that southern part of the state? I mean, given, let's, let me take a step I back. I would go, I would go hunt by, I would go hunt by. Okay. Just because you're not going to need to worry about private. Most any of the birds that you hear or see, you're going to be able to get on. And so it would be a less frustrating, easier maneuverable hunt and, and access to the birds if you're hearing them. And that, that would be my advice. If you're coming to those, coming to those areas, that's definitely, that's definitely where I'd be doing. I'd hunt. That's, that's generally what I, when I hunt birds, when I, when I hunt them is up by, I don't know, it's, I guess it's kind of hard to explain, but you'll see it when you get there. But there is, like, if you were to hunt, start, if it were me, I would come and I would, I would look on the map, find that. It's probably five miles back to the west of turn to go to off highway and you turn and go out there it's a good dirt road there's a lot of camping camp anywhere out there plus there's like hotels stuff you could stay out at ruby's in there bright canyon if you want to do that okay. restaurants stuff there so either way you could there and then i would try and i'd find that and just go start working those canyons away from between the, the road like that dirt road that is from that road you should the in those canyons uh, you're cutting out on me a little bit sorry i I'd say i i would hunt if it were me i would come and hunt that the road that goes through I would hunt it from there to. Okay. And and there's roads that will get you on top along the for a little ways, and then as you go past, not really roads that will take you to the on top, but you hike kind of up these bottoms. And, and if you get on the hillside, it's pretty steep. But if you stay in these bottoms, it's just a gradual, gradual uphill walk. So it won't be wouldn't be that bad a hike. Right. I don't, I don't think it'd be too rough. So. Okay. All right. That's kind of where I would come hunt if it were me. So. Yeah. Well, that's. That's exactly the information that I that I was looking for, and you know, I I just didn't know if if the hunting overall was better in the northern part of the state or the southern part of the state, and you know where we kind of needed to to look from there. So it's just kind of hit or miss with our turkey, you know, and and I think that's probably one of the better areas to hunt to hunt turkeys is right there on that between along the so yeah. Well, I think that's great information. I appreciate you sharing that with me. So when we get a little bit closer to the trip, and I, I don't expect you to point me to a GPS coordinate, but would it be okay for me to call you back and just say, hey, kind of where, what elevation are the birds in and that kind of thing and, you know, get you to... Yeah, that would be fine. You know, the, the, most, the most thing I probably, probably the most important thing would be because those turkeys are, you know, from one canyon to the next. You no, know, you're not sure, but the, the important thing would be for you guys to be active at that time. So depending on what we're getting for snow and stuff like that, we've, the last three years, uh, we haven't had hardly anything for snow. And so, but we'll occasionally, but we've got like a late doe dorm now. Sure. And uh, so it's good to know kind of what the current, because that, that's, that's the tough part right there, is trying to figure out, honestly, they just, they follow that snow line as it, as it greens up and they hit that before the grass and stuff and the bugs are coming out on that. So they, they kind of work that snow line. So that's one thing you're going to want to focus on is where that snow line is going to be. So just depending on access stuff would probably be best. So yeah, feel free to call me back. I'd like to know kind of what's going on there. Okay, perfect. I really appreciate that. So the... Farmers and ranchers around that area, around the national park there, I would imagine they get hit pretty hard during deer season and, you know, maybe a little bit during elk season, that kind of thing. Probably not as much as deer, but are they generally open to a knock on the door or, or that kind of thing to, to ask or permission to hunt? Yeah, yeah, especially 
deer and deer and elk and stuff are kind of prized, you know. So a lot of those guys, even if they even if they have deer and don't like them, they they like to have a buck on the bill they can go. You know, it's kind of a right. two-inch order sometimes. But turkeys, they just you know we just didn't have turkeys for the longest time. And so a lot of those guys are older guys. They just grow up on turkeys. They don't see the need for them, and so they they don't mind them. You know, get shot. And there would be you know a couple guys that I could suggest or some numbers to give you if you needed them. Of guys that might have turkeys that would let you on. You know, for to go help them out, they wouldn't make pay or not. So yeah, um, you know, as long as it's kind of it's just it's down in. It, it, I don't know. They're they're a little bit tougher birds to hunt, I think, because they're on private land. So if they're on, you know, his property today, but they're on, you know, my property tomorrow, or you know, right. kind of thing, because they just move around so much, and it depends on where they're strutting and where they're moving and that kind of thing. So it could be a little bit tough even to get them access to a property if you don't have access to neighbor's property. They could be over there, and um, you can can't do anything about them. So that's why I just prefer to hunt them out where if I hear, as long as it's on the park, you know, National Park, I hear, if I hear a gobble, I can go and try and hunt him. And right. So make these deer. Yeah. And we have a lot more birds that'll be in the mountains and down in the, on the private land that time of year. You think they'd be, they would have moved back up a good bit by yeah. that time? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, good deal. Josh, I really appreciate your information and your help with everything. But what about the walk-in areas? Are there any walk-in areas in southern Utah there? Yeah, we've got we've got quite a few. You can look them up on our on our website. Yeah, they're called walk-in access lands, and depending on what that property is, most of them are actually set up fishing because a lot of them, a lot of it is, is land that's locked up, you know, stream access, and so guys can go in there and access those. But fortunate, you know, they like riparian areas, and a lot of our stream access has big cottonwood, roost trees, things like that. But they like raise their chicks down there where they eat the, the bugs and the forbs stuff like that in those riparian areas. So there are several of those walk-in access areas, but you just go online, and you have to look at that, and you do a little orientation course so that you know there's a map that shows you where they're at and shows you what's hunting there. Some of them are trapping only far right. as for uh, predators. So some of them are wild or uh, like waterfowl hunting, fishing. You just kind of have to look and see. Most of them are open house game hunting. Uh, but yeah, and, and if that's a good chance, go on to private property and those landowners are reimbursed by how many acres and acre feet of water they have in there and stream access, that kind of stuff. They're reimbursed on a scale like that from us by allowing access. So it's a pretty good deal to them. But there are others throughout the state and, and there's actually probably more of them in the northern part of the state southern, but there's, there's still enough. And we also have wildlife management areas, we call them, that are just state properties that are uh, strictly set up kind of for wildlife and we have those, and there's access to those for free as well. Uh, and, and we have maps of where those are on our on our website. Okay. And it's it seems like, if and correct me if I'm wrong, but the wildlife management areas that there are only a certain number of those that are open to turkey hunting. Uh, yeah, you know, all of ours down here would be. Um, okay. I know some of them have restrictions as far as the, the biggest restriction I know uh, for those would be travel, um, especially in the springtime. It's going to be tough because they'll they'll close roads because a lot of it, and a lot of these properties are, are set up for our wintering deer herd um, or even elk herds. But they there are these areas where they move down off, and they, a lot of them around the city edges. Some of our really urban areas, not a lot of it. So those deer really pack in there, but they'll actually close roads and that kind of stuff, restricting vehicle access because they don't want people. And they're pushing those deer around, stressing them out any more than what they already are in the winter. So they'll they'll restrict the access. So with a turkey hunter going there in spring, you may not be able to go hunt them just because you can't have access to them because they don't want you running deer and stuff around. So that would probably okay. be the main reason why some of that res- the, the access is restricted. Not necessarily because the turkeys are not wanting people to hunt turkeys in there, but just access for it's kind of a refuge, you know. Right. Um, for not to disturb other so like, Don't we all get stressed? Yeah. So there's some of those, especially on in northern Utah and kind of on the fronts of our urban areas. There is those. Belt have those kind of restrictions, but the ones that are parents, parents. Uh, I've lost you again.
Josh? Sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. I'm up in the hills trying to conduct a, a deer survey this morning. So. Yeah, I, I figured I'd caught you in, in work and trying to get work done before the snow comes. So. Yeah, yeah, no, no problem. I'm driving around, so I got okay. time, but so anyway, not a problem. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. That's um, that's good information. I, I see one walk-in unit here uh, down on. Um, yeah, it looks like there's a few of them around that area. And uh, okay, so yeah, that that's helpful about the wildlife management areas because I saw that there were several of them that, you know, there was no turkey hunting allowed in them. So. Uh huh. And some might be, and I and I apologize. You know, I don't. Our our state's so vast and, and so different. Yeah. Um, and I've and I've just and I've been a game warden and now biologist, but I've been in the southern region uh, the entire time. So I've moved around down here, but some of the other parts of the state, I'm not familiar with. You know, some of the what they do, but it's good. It's good research and that information you find on our website or quite college or or even the office that covers that region. I tell you a lot. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, I figured there was something a little bit more to you being the biologist only for Bryce Canyon, uh, because you have a, a lot of knowledge about that whole area there. So, you, how long were you a game warden? Uh, I was a game warden for five years. Uh, okay. I was a little bit north here. The other thing, though, is I, uh, I'm very lucky in fact that I was born and raised here. Um, that was and so, that question. You know, I grew up here, hunted here my whole life this year, and then I, you know, went away from college, you know, school, that kind of thing. I worked for, uh, BLM, some of those other, you know, land agencies for a while, going through school, and once we got back and worked around, I was a game warden just north of here, but still within our region. And then, as a biologist, I moved back here, the opportunity to move back home, and so I took it. So that's what, that's what's nice. But our, our areas are big down here, and you know, yeah. I cover four units four units particular and we've got everything from <laughs> i've got everything from desert bighorn sheep to mountain goats a mule deer pronghorn elk yeah. uh, you know and all the upland game species a trout quail chucker it, it's quite fast our cougar bear you know we have we, like, we cover all that for those four units so we've got a lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's for sure well as you can tell i can talk hunting all day long and i <laughs> i know you've got other things no, you need to that's, do and, that's right but no, I, I really appreciate your information and I will touch base with you when it gets a little bit closer to the time for us to come out there and, and just, you know, see if maybe you can point us to that elevation range to start looking or give us an idea of what, you know, what the birds have been doing and, and that type of thing. So, and if you don't have information that you can share at that point, that is perfectly fine with me, but never hurts to check back in and, and just see if we can get going in the right direction. So. Well, that's good. I'm glad to know that we're we're looking in an area that has some birds in it, and so I'm looking forward to coming out there. It'll be my first time in Utah, and looking forward oh, to that. It's going to be fun. Well, you're coming to some of the most beautiful part of the country, for sure, I think. I, Utah's got a lot of stuff, and, and that's the thing. It's, it's so vast and different between the 18 areas, but yes. I don't it's absolutely beautiful in, in southern Utah. And it's a good time of year to be out here to start bringing back up, so uh, you, you'll, you'll be impressed. <laughs> awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun good deal well josh thank you very much again happy new year to you and i'll just plan on talking to you in another three months or so all right sounds good good luck with all the snow all right thanks, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. bye okay so really there are two things that i wanted you to glean from that conversation that i had with josh first i wanted you to hear what a conversation with someone who sincerely does not mind helping and providing information what that conversation sounds like josh is just like everyone that I've ever met from Utah. He is extremely cordial and extremely helpful. And although I'm sure there are one or two of them in the state of Utah, I have never met or spoken with anyone from that state who is not just genuinely nice. And that's what you're looking for from anyone that you may call or meet who knows the answers to the questions about public land that you want to know. You want someone who is genuinely nice and helpful as well. 
just because I called from out of state, that doesn't mean that you can't call your own in-state biologists, game wardens or conservation officers, whatever you call them there in your state, your NWTF chapter presidents in those areas, etc., etc., etc. Now, I recommend that if you want to know of good public land hunting opportunities in your area, use the internet first and use it to get a good base knowledge of that area and the turkey populations in that area. And then start making some phone calls in search of someone who has the knowledge to fill in the gaps of what you learned online. Now, the second thing that I wanted you to pick up from the conversation that I had with Josh is, of course, the questions that I asked of him. There's a certain amount of feeling out going on at the beginning of any conversation between strangers. And you can tell that once that I got those first couple of feeling out questions asked and he knew that I was sincere in what I was asking him and I knew that he was sincere in what he was telling me, then the questions started to flow. And, you know, what you didn't hear in that interview that I cut out was the off-topic hunting talk that he and I had about hunting cougars and some other hunting talk as well. When you get someone on the phone who hunts and who hunts the same animals that you do, you automatically have something in common. You've got that common interest, and your common interest is a love for hunting and a love for the animals that you do hunt. I mean, what else do you need for a great 10 days to two weeks of conversation between two people, which is about how long I feel like I can talk to somebody about hunting. Josh, if you listen to this episode, thank you very much again for your time and the information that you shared with me. I hope the snow that you got in the area wasn't too bad for you, and I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Okay, moving on. So I'm getting some very good show topic suggestions from you guys, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. If you haven't sent any show suggestions to me yet, then please do that soon. You can send those suggestions to me via email to andy at iamturkeyhunting.com. I want to give you guys more of the topics that you want to learn about because I want you to be a better turkey hunter in 2017. And sending those show topic suggestions to me is a great way for me to know what you want to learn more about and what you want to hear more of. Also, don't forget to complete the survey online as well. And you can actually complete that survey from your mobile device, whether it's your phone or your tablet. It's really easy to do. The survey really helps to tie in with the show suggestions. And you can absolutely do the survey without offering show suggestions or vice versa. But the two work very well together. So to complete the short 10-question survey that'll take you maybe 90 seconds to do, Text the word help Andy. It's actually two words, but no spaces. Make it one word. It doesn't matter if it's all caps, doesn't matter if it's lowercase, doesn't matter if it's a combination. Just text help Andy with no spaces to the number 44222 and then follow the directions from there. Okay, so even though your mobile number and your email address are being shared with me, I will not sell that information. I will not share it with anyone else. I will not spam you, and I will not use that information to contact you at all unless you confirm your subscription to join the newsletter email list 
which will come to you in a separate email after you get the link to the survey. There's going to be a second email that comes to you asking if you want to confirm your registration in the newsletter email list, and I'm not asking you to do that. The only thing I want from you is your feedback for this show on that survey. Fair enough? Okay, so those are my two favors that I want from you this week, just like the same two favors from last week's show. I'm getting a decent response from you guys on the survey, and I'm getting a good response from you on the show suggestions, but I do want to hear from more of you guys and gals. So text Help Andy to 44222 and complete the survey and then email show suggestions to me as well. That's it. That's all that I've got for you guys this week. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye and roll tide. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.